All right. File drawer. Are we recording? We are recording. All right. How do you want to start this, Eric? With a poem. <laughs> With a poem. All right. Lay it on us. Once upon a midnight dreary, <laughs> while I pondered weak and weary, over many a quaint and curious volume of forgotten lore, while I nodded nearly napping, suddenly there came a tapping. A sum of <laughs> a someone gently rapping, rapping at my chamber door. <sighs> this Poe. Tis some visitor, I muttered, tapping at my chamber door. Only this and nothing more. Ah, distinctly I remember it was a bleak December, <coughs> and each separate dying ember wrought its ghost upon the, the floor. All right. Eagerly Welcome I to wished the, the morrow, vainly I had sought to borrow. For my books, secrease of sorrow, sorrow for the lost Lenore. Good job. For the rare and radiant maiden, whom angels name <laughs> Lenore, nameless here forevermore. Are you done? And the silken, sad, uncertain rustling of each purple curtain thrilled me, filled me with fantastic tarot's never felt before. So that now, to still the beating of my heart, I stood repeating. Tis some visitor, entreating, entrance at my chamber door. All right, now you're done? Some late visitor, entreating, entrance at my chamber door. That is it. And nothing more. Wow. Personally, my soul grew stronger. Hesitating, okay, we're done. Then we're no done longer. with the intro. Sir and I, or <laughs> madam, truly, your forgiveness I implore. But the fact is I was napping. <laughs> so chill. You're really good. This, all right, all right, we're done. <laughs> Thank you for the longest introduction we have ever done on the file drawer. Hello. Well, I, it's so weird not to be able to hear myself. Is it? Yeah, but we'll make it work. Okay. Okay. So welcome to the file drawer, uh, a podcast. I ended our Periscope uh, recording. Okay. Um, we don't need the extra pressure. <laughs> um, I'm just going to hit pull it. So we are here, episode number 33, and we're here with a special guest. You're rec- you're you're playing what I recently recorded on Periscope. Oh, right. <laughs> I don't know how this works. Whatever. You want to introduce our guest? We do have a guest. Um, this guest is a special one, long-time listener of the file drawer, first-time guest, and um, he won a raffle ticket that we announced in episode two. Um, and he entered it, and he won. An opportunity to be a guest on the file drawer. That's right. We had a lot of entrants. We had about, I think, a a hundred thousand thousand people enter. Yeah. And uh, And you won. And what is the the chances? What are the chances that it happened to be my roommate won the (laughs) raffle? (laughs) I think it's just a coincidence. Probably. Yeah. So um, (laughs) I also want to make sure you guys are actually going to be picked up by that mic. We will be. Okay. All right. Yeah. If you lean forward a little bit, you'll be. So, Mr. Ellis, how are you? Introduce yourself to the world. I'm Brendan Ellis. I am, well, now a second year master's student. Yeah. Congratulations. Got that first year under your belt. It was a long one. Maybe we'll we'll talk a little bit about that. All right. Sounds good. Uh, I am a first year master's student in the positive organizational program. Um, And as Sam and Eric mentioned, I'm roommates with, with Sam. And also previous guest, Hunter. I don't remember what episode he was on, but now we have completed the entire house has been on the podcast. It's good. It's good. It is good. 
Uh, so thank you for agreeing. I know you're a busy guy. You're in the midst of moving, but you know, taking time out of your busy day to to share your thoughts with the masses. Well, like, you, like really... you mentioned, I, I, I'm a big fan of this. I'm a long-time <laughs> listener. So I've been... It is true. I, I, I can say that it brings me a lot of joy when you quote things from the podcast back to me that you have heard. And it uh, makes yeah. me feel like a funny guy. So... Um. So also, we should also note, Eric is in the same room with us right now, yeah. which if you have been following at all, you know, the last couple episodes have been Skype based because Eric left us uh, like a monster. But now he's back for a little bit. Back. Back for a little bit. This is good. Um, so uh, finished up your first year. How was your first uh, year experience here at CGU? <laughs> It was it was stressful. It was uh, it was a lot more work than than I was expecting. I mean, I came to graduate school knowing that I'd be doing some work and and definitely wanted to put in all the effort I could. But wow, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was it probably a combination of both? But was it like a sheer workload or how like the content that was the the difficult part? I think it was it was a combination. Yeah. Um, Definitely the, the workload. Uh, they, they certainly pile on the credits uh, early. And I, I, I also just had some extracurriculars. I mean, one working in lead labs with both of you. Right. Um, and then just some other things I, I did on the side. But it was, it, it was a good experience. Gotcha. But I'm, I'm happy it's over. It's like the, the 16 weeks or what is it, 32 weeks I, I Loved, but never really want to do again. <laughs> yeah, and I don't. I don't know if you can talk about the stuff you did on the side. Well, obviously, lead. We I've talked about that. But can you talk about the Berkmont stuff that you do? Oh yeah, okay. yeah. I think I can. Talk yeah, about to give stuff. give us a sense of what that is, because I know you've been pretty involved with that. So I, uh, I think it was the first or second week I was here. I met an older student who actually just got his doctorate, uh, and a group of students formed a research group uh, that wanted to get into sports anal analytics, specifically looking at the, the NFL. Um, and so we just tried to pump out, you know, articles like one to two a month, uh, just looking at interesting questions that we think people uh, want to read about. What are, what, what's an example of one of those like types of questions? Like what is, I, I have a sense of what sports analytics means, but like what are the actual questions you guys are looking at? Because mm -hmm. you guys ask some kind of interesting questions that I guess you normally... From what I've seen, mm -hmm. there's been like the headlines have been kind of different than what you would typically just see. Well, that that's sports bait. <laughs> so what? But uh, you said no, what? I, said that's clickbait. Headlines. We have looked at a, a variety of. Th I mean, one of one topic that I think is particularly interesting was uh, this was actually done before I even got here, but it was uh, why you want your favorite team to lose the Super Bowl. <laughs> And it was kind of looking at the success of teams that have lost the Super Bowl, you know, following that that immediate loss, uh, how they've done. And then um, we've also looked at when Jimmy Graham was a free agent, uh, why he should be paid like a top receiver. And we used a cluster analysis. He's, he's a tight end, right? He's a tight end, yeah. exactly. So gotcha. um, just interesting questions like that. That's but we've, cool. we've even started to move more in that we want to kind of call ourselves... Uh, or, or make a niche for ourselves as psychologists. Yeah. Uh, so we decided to develop a, a survey tool that would be helpful to 
coaches and general managers uh, when drafting players. So we've taken it in a couple different directions. That's yeah. awesome. Um, and you guys are football focused, right? Football. Have you focused. thought about moving into any other sports, or are you staying focused on on football? I, you know, I I don't think we want to spread ourselves too thin. Yeah. Where Where do you get the data for this stuff? Is it like publicly available? Like, so some of it had to be purchased. Okay. Uh, there are some great resources out there. Uh, like profootballreference.com has just got so much data. But uh, one of the members of, of our research group uh, has even purchased data that has that goes down into like real granular details like yeah. what happened on any specific play. Wow. wow. Yeah. Um, well, I know. I mean, sports analytics are becoming huge. So I, I follow hockey pretty closely. And in the last year, a lot of independent bloggers in who write about the NHL and do a lot of statistical stuff with data from the NHL have been hired by teams. Mm -hmm. Like in the past year, every team kind of decided they needed uh, an analytics department. And it was funny that basically they reached out to just people who had started doing it on their own. And now suddenly these fans who are obviously great with stats are now working for their favorite teams because they're good at this stuff and Mm -hmm. teams want it. That was really cool. Yeah. How much um, in terms of like sports statistics or sports analytics is any... You know, this, the work we do is obviously organizational you know, related. Is any um, sort of assessment or tool used to evaluate who they hire as a coach or you know manager or wh- whoever makes up the, the, the football team staff? Or do they just kind of pick people? I mean, so-and-so worked for so-and-so. But uh, I'm sure they have all the same data on how many teams they're on that won and the details about each team and stuff like that. But are there any... Th- analyses that people currently do regarding this, the staff? That is a really interesting question. And if you don't mind, we might steal that as a topic. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah, I think, uh, but that's a really interesting question, and I don't know the answer to it. Yeah. You know? Well, it seems like, I mean, at least in the NHL, the, the path to becoming a GM or a coach is having been a player. Um, wow, okay. Like that was definitely one of the main ones. I mean, you see very few GMs who didn't come up as a player first. Really? Not even that you had to be a good player, but like having played in, in the league. Yeah. There's only a, a small handful of coaches who have like, no like NHL experience. Um, and, and they usually kind of make headlines for that reason. Yeah. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to know what the actual hiring process is like beyond just... I mean, working your way up through the minor leagues and being successful at every level. Yeah. Because um, yeah, there's certainly like other, like if you think about just the, even the, the, the head coach or any other coaches or whatever, um, it's more than, I mean, it has to be, I mean, oftentimes we just look at, okay, how many games have they won? But it has to be more than that, you know? Mm-hmm. Like how well the coaches get along with certain players. Are players going to be willing to, that sort of a relationship between players or whatever, are they going to be willing to come there? Um, I just read an interesting article and again when I say article I always say that loosely something on the internet and it was talking about someone talking about uh, Phil Jackson as a coach and that like off the court you probably had maybe two conversations with Phil Jackson ever <laughs> um, and I just thought that was so interesting because you know because I just meant relationships but in that case Phil Jackson obviously is a very dominant if not the best or whatever basketball coach people I don't really follow basketball so people maybe argue against that but um, he just did his job during practice and didn't really I don't know, associate or didn't seem to maybe associate as much with people sort of outside of work. Well, coaches, I guess that's like work, I yeah. guess, right? I mean, well, I mean, coaches get reputations for the type of coach that they are. I mean, yeah. so like in in hockey, um, 
you have like what's called like a learning coach. Like if you have a young team with mm. a lot of young players, you want a coach who's going to teach, who's going to teach these young players how yeah. to become professionals. Whereas if you are coming into a team with a lot of veterans, that's not necessarily what you need uh, yeah. from a coach. You need them to be able to manage egos and things like that. That so. might be like some of the difficult thing about um, things about like you know a college coach going to become a professional coach. Yeah, you know? that that just has to be has to be very different, very different worlds. Yeah, the egos have to be totally different. But yeah. cool. So what? Any? What are the high points of your or high point of your first year? Other than finishing, that doesn't count. First, <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, uh, where, where can people like find these Berkmont? Is that Berkmont? Yeah, it's uh, articles that you publish. Oh, yeah, places places those... yeah, we we do. Uh, should we put that? In the, yeah, in I'll put it. I'll put it in the show notes. Okay. We'll, uh, we can just say it too. What's the the URL? It is Berkmont.com. Berk B I R K. Oh, sorry, B U. Okay. R K M O N T. Cool. Cool. We'll put that in the show notes, which can be found at the file drawer dot audio backslash episodes backslash thirty three. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Sorry, I cut you off. No, that's good. <laughs> um, any so any any high point of the first year? Well, uh, I mean, anytime we kind of finished a deluge of of exams was was a good feeling. It just felt like okay, I've got that off my plate now. Yeah. Um, you dominated stats this year. Did, did you did you come in expecting to dominate stats, or is that something you kind of came into? Uh, something like, I just kind of came into. Yeah. I, I guess it sparked a, sparked an interest. I, I had worked at a market research firm for mm. three years before coming here and did a lot of very basic descriptives and right. univariate statistics and nothing, nothing all that exciting. Um, so I... I mean, I had maybe a little bit more prior knowledge than, than right. some of my cohort, but uh, just struck a chord. I, I think we have some great professors here that that uh, that kind of lit that fire. You're gonna, you're the cohort. Your cohort experienced the last class of uh, one of our faculty members yep. who uh, retired this year, Dr. Dale Berger. Yeah. He uh, has been teaching here forever, mm -hmm. and you, you snuck in right at the end. Yeah, got good. lucky. Good, good professor. A frustratingly amazing person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. I, I don't know if you, this was your experience with his exams, but I always, it's always just blew my mind that I always felt like I left his exams like I had learned something. Whereas most exams, it was like, all right, I just need to expel all of the knowledge that I have, <laughs> and hopefully it's right. But somehow I'd leave his exams being like, huh. I understand stats a little bit better now, which is <laughs> yeah. just a really weird I experience. Yeah. Um, you mentioned that, so you had some work experience before you came to grad school. Mm -hmm. So why why did you come to graduate school? Like why why not continue the the work that you were doing and just go on that path? Yeah, uh, it. I liked my I liked my old job. Um, good pay, good benefits, good people. Like the company culture, but it uh, there was there was at the same time still like a hierarchy. Uh, it was very clear who had their PhDs, and I was working in an environment with mm. mostly industrial organizational psychologists, yeah. some uh, psychologists that focused on human factors, some other social scientists like economists, um, and it was just very clear these were the people that have their PhDs. These are the people that have their masters, and this is everyone else. Um, so, coming to graduate school was my way of maybe getting more control uh, over the kind of research that's being done. Yeah, yeah. 
and and certainly a, a nice pay raise. Yeah. And honestly, I didn't I I didn't think coming to master or coming to get my masters would um, would really end in me getting very interested in the content, but that's what happened. And, yeah. Uh, I think I have way more of an appreciation for statistics and research methods than than I did before coming to school. What was your um, undergrad degree in? It was psychology. It was psychology. Okay. Why? Well, why? Why the positive organizational psychology? Because that's kind of a unique aspect of of Claremont. Mm -hmm. So, what drew you to that? So, I knew in undergrad that I wanted to be wanted to get into industrial organizational Mm -hmm. psychology, Uh, and I took a spring semester course. So, we had a trimester system at my undergrad uh, where we had a shorter spring term um, Mm -hmm. where you. Pretty much, I mean, if you're ambitious, you take multiple courses, but most kids ended up taking one course and just kind of having more free time to themselves. <laughs> uh, and I took a positive psychology course that my advisor was teaching, and it just, it, I didn't even know that this kind of research existed. Yeah. So that was exciting for me, and I, I kind of, at that point, decided I wanted my brand to be, while in the organizational realm, I wanted to be improving uh, well-being or yeah. satisfaction of employees, and I didn't really have any clue what what that meant. <laughs> so right. I remember applying to places, and that being kind of my my whole statement of purpose. Yeah, I yeah. want to make people happier in the workplace. Yeah, yeah. I got here, and boy, that uh, other people had a lot more yeah. specificity in terms uh, of their goals. <laughs> that is, I mean, I do remember like my first year coming into and like having just very broad strokes ideas of what I was interested in. And some people having like very specific, like here's my research question that I'm going to be investigating. I was like, uh, that is not me. Within the first week of like meeting people and inevitably the question always came up like, Oh, well, what are you interested in? Yeah. And I would just have this really broad topic and they'd have very, they, they'd give me this look of just like, oh, like pity, like, oh. <laughs> oh, you don't actually know. Oh, you really don't have it figured out. <laughs> you know, and I don't like that. I yeah. think, um, I think, I know, I guess in my second year, it's, it's almost like you feel obligated to, or you get so used to asking people, what are you interested in? And I was, at least in my head, I think I was just always like, it's okay. You, you know what I mean? Like, I don't think people should, it's my personal opinion, obviously. I don't think yeah. people should feel like they have to have it all narrowed down because you're going to get so much information in your first year that you don't know. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's okay, I think, to kind of explore and be open to other things versus trying to pigeonhole yourself that totally first semester agree. in like yeah. something, you know. Totally. I, th- I think first year PhD students, though, feel the pressure because you have this expectation to start your thesis. Yeah. And you can't start your thesis until you have a specific research question and idea that you want so the longer that it takes you to really land on that it feels like the less time you have to actually do it so i i because i had the experience of having been here for two years before i started the phd program so i had time to really basically over two years figure out what i was interested in i always felt bad for people coming in straight into the phd program without that experience just trying to grab onto something because so much of it is figuring out what's already been done and that takes time and time. a lot of reading yeah. to, to do that and i guess having something loose or general i think yeah. is is good yeah because i mean even like with the thesis um we're coming straight in you know, you'll have ideas but that but that idea once you get to the end it'll probably be slightly different to very different than oh, what yeah. your original yeah. you know research um, question was. Oh, yeah. If it's not, you're probably not doing a very good job of figuring out what's already been done if if your idea hasn't changed at all. Yeah. 
Cool. So you made it to the end of your first year. So we're in the summer now. What are your plans for the summer other than just recuperating? <laughs> well, I've, I've been working on that for the past couple <laughs> weeks. Hard work. <laughs> yeah. uh, other than that, I've got an internship that uh, well, was supposed to start two weeks ago. <laughs> uh, that's been kind of... I, I, I've been waiting on final approval from HR. Yeah. Uh, and hopefully that will begin on Monday. Um, I'll be doing, I'll be working at this, uh, tech firm that, uh, gets hired to come in and, and kind of provide their, uh, predictive analytics, their, their proprietary algorithm for saying, Hey, here's who you should hire. It will amount to X dollars for your company. And that's why you should hire this person over that person. Gotcha. Um, so I'm looking forward to that and I'll, cool. I'll be working remotely. So nice. I'll just be in my mom's office at home. <laughs> yeah, so you're you're flying back to the D- DC area, right? Tonight. Tonight, yeah. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. Man, you're just a, a man on the move. Mm-hmm. It um it warms my heart to hear that you know your interests came out of like IO, and that you're gonna I mean essentially be doing selection and stuff like mm-hmm. that because yeah, you know there's not your background, right? Yeah, I have yeah. an IO background and I. I just I love the field. I, I even I even called Eric uh, yeah. for some help uh, on my interview. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he gave but, uh, a lot of good information. That was helpful. Yeah. I, I, have you been to a PSYOP conference? I have not. No. Yeah. Definitely Check out where the next one is, and if you can go next year, definitely go because I, I know think... they, they had one in like Hawaii. <laughs> I think it was yeah. Yeah. these grand destinations. Yeah. That... And yeah, if you end up finding a workplace that will send you to these conferences, that's ideal. Actually, the next PSYOP is in Anaheim. I think. Is it? Oh, wow. Yeah. So That's if you nice can go, close. definitely go. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. I'll have to do some some research, find something I can present yeah. on. But yeah, and it sounded like my internship, the the company was open to uh, to letting me uh, look at some data and and uh, come up with my own research questions. Cool. Sweet. But I don't know how much of that would be on the clock or on my own time. Right. Yeah. Good stuff. Cool. What about you, Mister Eric? What have you been up to? You got something happening soon? Yeah. Um, you know, I've st- we've still been doing like the GLI contract we've talked about before. Right. We'll get that's sort of near the end of that, though. Sort of near the end of that. Um, so I'm back in town because I'm attempting to uh, take a, my stats test. It's called okay. a stats tool, right? Um, and You're so, a stats tool. Sorry, come on, I man. Had to. Come on. Man. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, so you know, that's yeah, easy. So what does that what does that consist of? What is the stats? This tool? is a test, um, and I don't. What know. do they test you on? Statistics. Uh, all of it, all, all the statistics in the world. I, I think it covers the four um, courses that we've taken our first year. Yeah. So, just intermediate sets, kind of the basic stuff, um, ANOVA regression, and just different categorical. There's there's no higher techniques. level kind of stuff. I don't think so, and I guess I should know this as I'm <laughs> going to be attempting to take it tomorrow. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Um, so, the, and then this counts towards your portfolio, which is the six, or it's one of your. Research tools. It's a tool. It's a tool. So, so it's one of the two it's tools. It's part of a do. portfolio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So at CGU, you know, we have to complete a portfolio um, that consists of six items. Yeah. Six items. Six plus two tools. Plus two research tool or yeah. tools. Yeah. Um, that can be of varying uh, types. And uh, <coughs> so yeah, the, um, if I pass this test, which hopefully we'll see. Uh, you know, I feel like I shouldn't even be talking about this right now. <laughs> now that I think about it, I'm like. Um, you should be studying. You shouldn't even be recording right now. I know. <laughs> uh, that will help. Uh, that will cover um, one of my requirements. Right. So. And if you don't pass it, you can take it again. I can take it again. I mean, yeah. I think generally, you know, in the past, um, it's encouraged if you 
kind of barely missed it to take it again. Definitely. Right. Um, <laughs> if you, if you, if what if you I think don't you, barely? I think you it. bomb it. I don't know. I think you. Probably if you should. bomb it, they just kind of like pat you on the head and be like, "This isn't for you." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because there's, there's other options out there. Um, I'm hoping I pass it. <laughs> but uh, I, I wanted to talk about it just because, again, this you know purpose of this podcast. Which we, one of the purposes of this podcast is we try to sort of convey what grad school is like and, and yeah. things like that. And so this is part of the CGU experience. Right. Um, completing this portfolio. And again, once this portfolio is completed, I'll have one more thing to do if this thing is passed, when this thing is passed. <laughs> there you go. Um, <laughs> and uh, after that, the next step is orals, oral examination. And the next step of that is uh, working on my dissertation. So, Getting there. That's that. That's that. Exciting. So, this is making me think, have you considered uh, a, a PhD program? I've, I've thought about it. Uh, and I think no matter what, I'll, I'll apply. Yeah. Um, just to keep my options open, uh, but I'm no closer to deciding whether or not I want to do yeah, a PhD yeah. than I was. Because I'll yeah, say this, Scott here. Yeah, I'll say this. This is a movie reference from a movie. I think it's the title is in the quote, but maybe you guys don't know. But Brendan, you got the juice, man. <laughs> you got the juice. I, can, I don't know that reference. I can see. I think it's from the movie Juice. But uh, I think okay. juice is a good thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Context. You got okay. the juice. Um, but uh. Yeah, man, you you got you get a little twinkle in your eye when, when yeah. you start talking about stuff. I uh, I mean, I had the exact same experience coming in master's program. I I flip flopped completely twice on whether or not I was going to do the PhD program. Coming in, being like, yeah, I'm for sure doing it. After my first year, being like, nope, I'm done, not doing the PhD program. And then midway through my second year, kind of landing on a good gap in the research to, to that I thought I could fill and was interested in filling. And then that's when I decided, okay, mm-hmm. I can actually do this. And so. I, th- I think we've had this conversation before actually driving back from, uh, yeah. from big bear. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, there's so many things that I'm interested in here, yeah. but there isn't this one topic that is so far just encapsulated yeah. my, my interest. So right. Yeah. you're right. Like it, you kind of need that, that gap in order to be sure that you can, can it doesn't have it. to be super specific because you can kind of figure it out, but yeah, it, it helps at least make you feel like you made the right decision when you have a clear sense of like, okay, this is the general area where I can definitely make a contribution and a contribution is needed. Yeah. But that, that takes just a lot of reading to figure out. Yeah. Oh, so. It's cool. Cool. You guys are. So, what's going on with you? Let, let me. Are you periscoping right now? I am periscoping. Let me, let me right hold now. it. No. Uh, we actually have two people watching, which is insane to me. So, <laughs> which is more than I think people actually download this podcast. So that's exciting. I know. So, um, what's going on with you? What's going on with me? I am moving in a week and a half to New York because I got a job, a jobby job. Um, so that's exciting. It's been a very long process. Can you speak about that or? Uh, sure. I'm going to be doing uh, organizational design consulting, which means a lot of different things. And I don't actually know specifically like what role I'm being hired to do. Part of it is because this organization is very self-organizing. So there's no titles really. Um, my understanding is that basically I'll be added to a team that needs some help that is working with one specific client. And uh, yeah, I'll be working on whatever that project is that they're doing. Like the the company basically goes into large organizations and helps them work better, um, whether that's through team stuff or restructuring or even on the individual level. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of leeway for me to use my skills and do um, do what I want to do. So I'm excited to to be 
taking that on and earning a big boy paycheck yeah. for the first time in a long time. Um, I, I shouldn't. I feel like I shouldn't be saying that, but I am excited about that. Like <laughs> Sam's first job. <laughs> no. Sam's first job working for the man and, and actually, nah, being, and actually I mean, being paid by the man. I worked for the man when I was a teacher a little bit, but yeah, this is this is different. Yeah. Um, no, I'm excited though, but it means that for the next week and a half, things are very busy as I try to sell my stuff on Craigslist. Yeah. And because I'm going to drive back to Michigan, so that's a long drive ahead of me in a small car, so I can't bring a lot of my stuff. Not yeah. that I have a lot of stuff, but I'm going to try to go as minimal as possible so it's easy to make the move and then find somewhere to live in the city that I've never really been before. And it'll just be uh, interesting times. And then obviously, as well, I don't want my PhD work to like wither on the vine. Yeah. That, that would be really frustrating. Um, so figuring out how I'm going to continue making progress is going to be important. I, I can picture you ending up in the, in the big apple with like, um, one of these like, uh, sundresses on doing a spin. <laughs> like yeah, the big city, <laughs> the big city. Yeah. You know, I'm going to move to, uh, move to a big city and decide to cross dress because that just seems like what I need to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah so I've got a lot of stuff to, to figure out. I mean, I my advisor's been very supportive. Um, she's not like guilt tripping me and like, how are you leaving and things like that. So I, I, I have confidence in my ability to not just stop doing my PhD work, but it'll definitely take some adjusting. Um, basically, I've kind of resigned myself to the fact that I'm going to be a hermit for like the next year yeah. in New York. Like go to work, come home and work on PhD stuff. Yeah. And I'll need to be careful not to burn myself out utterly, completely. Yeah. But... We'll see. I mean, I have, I, I've, I think I've, I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but like, I feel like I have extra pressure on finishing because of my research interest around self-management and self-leadership and self-discipline. Uh, like I would be the ultimate hypocrite if my dissertation on self-management just never got finished. Well, here's the problem. <laughs> You're going to a pizza mecca. Oh shit. You used to know, that's a good point. You used to be sitting around eating different types, tasting every type of pizza. Oh man. Pizza. Uh, I kind of, I kind of didn't even like put that together. That I love pizza, pounds. and I'm going to New York. Gain 200 pounds. I probably will gain 200 pounds. <laughs> That's uh. unfortunate, but if I'm going to gain 200 pounds, I want it to be pizza based. Yeah. So I'm, I'm okay with that. I think um, we're down to zero, zero people now. Zero people. That's we can just turn it off then. <laughs> the, we'll we'll do this more in the in the, in the future. I mean, yeah. I I wouldn't sit and watch a uh, podcast being recorded live. I don't either, but it's, it's um I don't know for popular stuff, you know. Do. Yeah. Could you, could you tell who the two people? Yeah, were yeah their names. I think were on there. I don't know if I can see them you now. Them I did not recognize and you, them. And you get the recording when we're talking about school stuff. So that works. Yeah. It's uh. So we'll do that. We'll do this a little more. If you kind of kind of fun. Oh, at one point we had forty-two live viewers. Probably because it immediately popped up and some people. Wow. Just looked at it. It's crazy. I feel sorry for them. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it was on me. What? Where, where were we at? No, I was. I was just like aiming it on whoever so, was uh, talking. So we're talking about this. Um, we were playing around with this app called Periscope. Yeah. Because, you know, I listened to a bunch of podcasts and who started, um, I guess, using it. It's a very easy way of streaming video. Yeah, live streaming live, video. For very simple. Phone. I think it's a, um, either associated with Twitter or a part of Twitter. Uh, Twitter, oh, yeah, Twitter owns Twitter Periscope, owns it. I believe. Yeah. yeah. That was, it was interesting. Did you ever hear Meerkat? No. Meerkat was a, does basically the same thing, and it came out couple weeks like maybe like a week and a half or two weeks before periscope and okay. everybody was going crazy for meerkat and then Par and then twitter like released periscope which was the exact same app but yeah. like integrated with twitter basically yeah so 
there's been some interesting articles by like the meerkat team and founders talking about like what do you do when your your program or your your app has basically just been completely superseded by yeah. a first party app it's yeah. kind of that must be like very disheartening gotta try to differentiate yeah, yeah, somehow you have to make it better i mean twitter obviously Something, you know yeah reminds me a little bit of silicon valley oh, yeah. have you watched that i haven't watched the first it, couple episodes watched... yeah the second time. season's yeah. even better than the first yeah, I the the thing about that show that I've heard people say is that yeah, it's kind of like absurd and stuff, but it's also very like real to what the experience of being in Silicon Valley is like. Hmm. And I do occasionally like I kind of travel in those circles on Twitter and stuff, yeah. and I see people tweeting things, and then it just feels like comedy, but yeah. they're being serious. Yeah, like, oh. and I'm 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 a little bit worried that going to work for this company, I'm just gonna become very fluent in like business douche speak <laughs> i'm gonna come back yeah. in a year and i'll just be unrecognizable just <laughs> utterly insufferable oh uh, you'll be wearing a sundress too yeah and i'll be wearing a sundress obviously so I finally made it <laughs> uh all right so what else is going on we've done we've done school stuff work stuff what's let's talk about something fun <laughs> that's it you're knocking stuff over over there knocking stuff over uh I was about to say, I saw the new Jurassic Park, but I didn't. I was going to see it yesterday. You were going to see it. We, we so watched, watched the old, old Jurassic Park. Yesterday. Yeah, I love that movie. Hmm. Where are my notes? Yeah, um, I like, again, Jeff Goldblum's character. I like yeah. Jeff Goldblum in pretty much anything. Although, I do I do like him a lot, but at, like in the past year and a half or so, I've read a lot of stuff about chaos theory and complexity theory. And, he's and his, talking, his explanations of it are just like so... Sense simplistic yeah. and it's like okay, and also you are way cooler than any mathematician I have ever seen <laughs> lounging around without a shirt on what's does he play he plays the the nerd hero in like everything well I guess maybe not hero in Jurassic Park but nerd yeah. hero in just about everything Independence Day Independence Day yeah. Godzilla wasn't yeah. he in Godzilla was he in Godzilla I don't, I don't know. actually know isn't he Ruxin? He's Ruxin's dad in the league, uh, <laughs> which is great. Totally league different is so character. Great. The league is one of the craziest. He's also in a great uh, sketch from Portlandia with the Knot Store. You ever seen that? Mm, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll, I'll put it. In, I'll put it in the show notes. Anyway, the original Jurassic Park it holds up well. The CGI. I mean, it's not even the the effects hold up really well because a lot of them are practical effects. Yeah, um, they actually like made the dinosaurs. Some of them, yeah, right, yeah, and. The CGI, for whatever reason, too, is just really good. I think it holds up better than a lot of more recent movies. Yeah. But I'm excited to see the new one, even if it is bad, because I just love dinosaurs. Yeah. And I love Chris Pratt. And I love the idea of training velociraptors. <laughs> oh, God, that'd be so cool. Can you imagine if you had a pet velociraptor that like kind of listened to you? Um, yes. <laughs> you can't imagine it. Okay, because it's sim- it sounds like it's similar to lions. Yeah, but yeah, you're gonna. I Chris Pratt should get Siegfried. I would expect for him to get Siegfried. Is he the one that got bit by the line? <laughs> I think so. Which I don't one? know. Or Roy. Yeah, or, or Roy. He should. Yeah. yeah. Because there's no way that you can raise them from babies keep control. and they make and you love the, them and they love that you. Animal and side family. Unless, unless you can take that animalistic sort instinct. of instinct, yeah, instinct yeah. out of its like genome or something. There's respect. I'm respect saying, I, just, I said, you know, probably using it the wrong way, but I don't care. <laughs> but taking it out, you know, like basically right. Domestic, domestication. domestication. It's not yeah. domesticated. Yeah. You can be you trained, know. but not domesticated. Yeah. So anyway, we're talking very specifically about a fictional thing. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah. What's, uh, what are you excited about nowadays? 
What 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 do you what do you what's got what is interesting in your brain? Oh, interesting. I'll give you a bring that question on you. <laughs> no. Um you be thinking about that too. Yeah. That's my go-to question. Well, I don't know how interesting this will be to to the listeners out there or or even to you guys. That has never I, stopped us before. But <laughs> uh but it's baseball season. Oh, uh, yeah. The basketball and hockey both ended in the last two nights. Yeah. So now the only sports we have to uh, get through the summer are our hockey, or I mean, or, excuse me, I baseball, and, and prep for uh, for football. So, uh, I I've been watching a lot of Nationals baseball. Nice. Um, I'm a DC sports fan, so. Yeah. Um, hmm. But other than that, interest. Uh, I've been trying to get better about working out and uh, and, and nutrition. You may nice. not have noticed it here because <laughs> this was like my week break. But when I'm back at home, I promise I'm, I'm trying to eat nutritiously. Uh, so those have, I've, I've been kind of reading reading some blogs related to that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, nice. I'm just eager to eager to start work and yeah, kind of get back at, into, sure. a, into a schedule. I feel you. What about you, Mr. Eric? I got nothing, man. Stats. Stats are what you're excited about right now, because that's what you're studying. Not excited about it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Yeah. You've got to have something in your life that well, is Well, you know, I've, I've been debating getting a new phone. <laughs> okay. Because I want to save money on my, you know, I have Verizon now, and they, Verizon likes nickel and dime you. And all these places like the nickel and the dime you. Yeah. And, um, but I've made the decision, I have a Galaxy S3. I've made the decision just to keep it off contract for a while. Right. So I don't um, feel like I'm signing my life away for the, another two years. It is a bad feeling. I've, like, I've uh, never felt good signing a phone contract. Yeah. Ugh. It's whatever. It's like, uh, Ting, man. Ting. Yeah, maybe. Ting's pretty great. Yeah. Say if, it again. Maybe if you can, maybe, maybe if Sprint is okay wherever Ting. you are. Huh? Yeah, it uses the Sprint network. Yeah, which is fine some places and not so fine in other places. But you don't have to sign a contract, which is pretty great. Um. What's interesting in, in your life? What excites you at the moment? I don't know. Moving, I guess. Figuring out New York. Yeah. Yeah. How, Learning how geography. How long are you going to take to drive across the country? <laughs> Not long at all. I'm doing back-to-back like 13-hour days yeah. to get to Western Kentucky to hang out with my grandparents. Are you staying at like a very terrible hotel? Yep. Somewhere in Colorado. I'm in Grand Junction. What? When are you going to drive? 29th is when I'm going to leave that Monday. So first night, stay somewhere in Colorado. Second night, stay with my buddy in Kansas City. Okay. Third night, I'll be in, in Western Kentucky with my grandparents' house. Cool. Yeah, and then spend a few days there and then drive back to Michigan, which is like a 10-hour drive. Yeah. But I'll be at least in a caravan with my family at that point in case my car doesn't make it. Because my car is old. Yeah. And by the end of this trip, we'll have over 250,000 miles on wow. it. So that's a lot. Yeah. It's a champ, though. So yeah. hopefully it makes it to the end. It will. It will. I feel confident about it. And then you won't need a car in New York. No, I'm going to try to sell my car very quickly. Uh, and then before I head to head to New York, I don't want to deal with that. You should buy just a pair of good skates and just go around skates? New York skates. Oh, my God. What, you, this vision that you have of me wearing sundresses <laughs> and skates. Like, who do you think I am? Actually, that's a decent idea. I mean, I, I've been playing hockey since I was three years old, so I'm very comfortable on yeah, like, wonder, skates or rollerblades. I wonder what the sidewalks are like. Probably not that great. Probably not good. I'm, I'm assuming you meant rollerblades, but I'm now realizing you maybe meant roller skates um, while I'm wearing my sundress. Initially, I thought roller skates, <laughs> okay. but let's go ahead and say rollerblades. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. It's easier to do twirls with uh, roller skates on. That's which probably would true. Nice with the sundress. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> this has gotten weird. <laughs> um, I don't know. Yeah. So that's what I'm excited about. Which cool, man. Is not really. Cool. I don't know. Once I, and I mean, I'm excited too about just the idea of starting a new job and showing my new colleagues that I'm not an idiot and can be a valuable part of the team. And but it's hard to visualize what that's going to look like because I don't like. I didn't get like a realistic job preview. I didn't like go shadow somebody for a day. Um, I have ideas of what it's going to be like, and I think it'll be good. But it'll be a whirlwind couple of weeks. The first the first couple of weeks there, and just trying to learn how things are yeah. are done. You, you you were talking about a book, which I don't, I don't know if you've read yet, but I think it's worth mentioning. That might be interesting. Oh, the first ninety days or whatever. Yeah. yeah, I haven't read it. Is it supposed to be good or is it? I think it's supposed to be decent. Because basically, about I think it's called the first ninety days or something like that. Um, basically, it's about what you should do uh, in the first ninety days at a new job to like set yourself up for yeah. success and make a positive impact. So I do want to look at that before I maybe I should get in an audiobook and listen to it while I'm driving. Yeah. Yeah. Although I am currently working on a very long audiobook uh, on uh, Winston Churchill's biography, and the uh, the narrator is British, so and I it, I have like thirty hours left on it, so I could feasibly spend like three solid days with the only human voice that I hear being this British guy, and I'm a little bit worried that I'm gonna come out at the other end, arrive in Kentucky, and just be speaking with a British accent, <laughs> should be weird and awesome. Yeah. And probably not actually realistic. Huh. You know what I'm excited about? What are you excited about? After this podcast, we're going to go to Maniac Mike. I was just thinking, I almost started this podcast off um, before your four-minute introduction. Uh, I was about to say, uh, I'm not going to phone it in, but the only thing standing between me and a delicious breakfast is this podcast. I know. So maybe maybe we'll keep it on the shorter end. Yeah. What are you going to get at Maniac Mike's? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know yet. I'm excited. You're, you're, you're excited. excited. You can come with us, Brendan? Yeah, I think so. Good. I, it's so, the last chance to hang to out with us. Here. Exactly. Um, we should say, Maniac Mike's is a tiny little restaurant at an airport, which is awesome. Yeah. Hopefully we see some planes. Um, you listen to our podcast. Mm-hmm. What, do you, what do you like about it? <laughs> I'll put them on the spot. Well, I, you know, <laughs> and what do you dislike, actually? Yeah, <laughs> well, tell I us miss, why you hate us. <laughs> I miss the useless Yahoo News updates. Right now. <laughs> right, I'm going to get you're it gonna, on You're going to get it on it. It's your favorite. <laughs> talk shit about it. Uh, talk stuff about it. It's all good. I'm not going to edit that out. You know, I actually typed into Google useless Yahoo News and then realized <laughs> it's not actually what it's called. <laughs> all right. Let's see. Uh, uh, fan not mad at The Rock. That's good. The Rock sideswipes truck. Driver doesn't want a dime. What a nice guy. <laughs> Oh, escaped tiger from zoo shot after killing man. That's terrible. What do you? Oh, you scroll through that. Yeah, you can just, scroll through that. All yeah. you got to go through is the banner. Don't. Yeah, don't read anything. Don't go down. <laughs> you just go through. Oh, useless Yahoo News. That's our introduction. Um, let's see. We we have remember we have the working hypothesis that it's becoming slightly less useless because somebody at Yahoo listens to us and <laughs> feels bad. I don't know. They didn't catch this one. Why celebrities are freezing their way to health? Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, apparently. Is this um, people that use the cryo yeah. chambers? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. How does Lindsay Lohan keep cropping up in the news? How's how's she still a 
something or someone that people want to know about. Because her publicist puts her in the news. I mean, she hasn't done anything. Have you have you heard about this uh, Rachel Dolezal? Um, yeah, I don't know how to pronounce her name. Crazy. Yeah, the person um, who claims a black identity. Yeah, and it, yeah. The, the weirdest thing, or what kind of just makes me sad about the whole thing, is like the work that she's doing. Like, and, and the organization NAACP has said this too. Like, you, she doesn't need to be black to care about this issue and work on this stuff. Like, so she. I, w- I would say though. I mean, I mean, in terms of. People viewing you as a leader in that potentially, yeah, you know that—that's true. Does matter. I, mean, I saw I saw in an interview someone say that she could not have held this leadership position if just she because of what it looks like. You know, yeah, you know, that's true. But I, guess, I just don't like the I guess the intimation that you can only work on like social justice issues like that if you are a member of that race. Yeah, like that it, white it, people like shouldn't be working on but this. There is there is a component of like. I don't know. You you were able to build a rapport with the with the community a little bit easier. Yeah. You know, my we we yeah. have a shared experience. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I, I agree with all that, but it's just it's just very. It's I mean, it's ridiculous. We, I mean, because if you even look at back at the civil rights she, era, people, a lot of people work, work toward the same cause. We're all races or whatever. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. um, it's interesting though. I mean, because I have varying views on this. Yeah. And um, you know, race is you know. It is socially constructed to a certain extent. Because um, black, what is black? I mean, you know, in America, it's one thing. You go to a place with all black people, like, yeah. you know, the continent yeah. of Africa, you know, <laughs> different parts. Right. People look different, you know. Um, the view is just different. You go to uh, black people in different countries, it's different, you know. And it's just so weird. Um, so, yeah, it's interesting. And can you have a, diff- a separate racial identity than what you were born biologically, right. and it's like, why not? Maybe yeah. Mm-hmm. There are people that don't identify with their own, you know, limbs, and will cut them off because it's True. like that doesn't belong there. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, there's some psychological issues going on there, but yeah. it's maybe a, maybe not. I mean, yeah, I don't know. It's like the the new the new popular. I don't I don't know yeah. popular is the right word, but it's yeah. it's a it's a trending well, issue the, right now. Obviously, the identity is an issue now, and I don't want to go. Into uh, the podcast. the Jenner, <laughs> I don't want to go into the Jenner stuff right now because oh, yeah. either way you talk about it, I think um, people can miss um, it, things that you say can be mistaken to be malicious, which is, wouldn't be my intention. So I don't want to talk about it. But that also is a you know an issue of identity. I don't think I don't think it's the same, but it's you know it's an issue of identity and who we believe ourselves to truly be right. which is an interest right. and we started off this podcast right and whether or not your physical body matches mentally yeah. how you view yourself yeah yeah that's definitely interesting um if we're just going to do a little bit more uselessness uh how what is more useless than donald trump running for uh president? i know that's such a <laughs> dude this is okay i think he's bored and that's why when you're super rich to that level and you're bored you do things like run for president yeah like when I'm bored, I like I read a book, but <laughs> evidently Donald Trump runs for president. Uh, anything? All right, one more. Each of you find one more. Uh, Pratt and Ferris's parenting style. Oh, your oh, buddy. good. Your buddy. <laughs> yeah, so, he probably raises his kid like a velociraptor. You know, I love that he's uh, married to Anna Ferris too, because I think she's yeah. hilarious. Yeah. Like she was in like the scary movies and other movies um, as well. 
But uh, I think she's hilarious. And yeah. it's like, oh. And I know I know Chris Pratt off of uh, Parks and Rec. Right. He's hilarious. Didn't that. see this action star coming. <laughs> no, yeah. And I think that's actually pretty interesting that he's been able to recast himself as mm-hmm. more than just the doofy idiot. Because yeah. uh, he does Parks that really well. Yeah, he, he nails he plays that. that but he's, really well. I mean, with uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, it was kind of a comedy as well. But it was more than just being a doofy idiot. Yeah. Um, and now with Jurassic Park, I mean, you got to be serious to, to raise raptors. Yeah. But I know that he's going to have some like oh, yeah. one-liners. Of course. Yeah. And, I, and I think Crap once you up. mix that goofy idiot and make it sort of a non-goofy idiot, it, it almost adds a little charm to a serious role, you know, yeah. um, instead of just someone who's like totally serious. Right. What you anything, anything else? Uh, not no. seeing anything. Here's, here's something interesting that is not useless. All right. Did you hear about the, uh, the St. Louis Cardinals? Uh, I was going to bring that up. Hacking the Houston Astros, uh, player data. Yeah. Just, just crazy. Now the FBI is, so have you, have you heard about that? No, I haven't heard anything about it. So, uh, the Houston Astros found like some kind of breach in their security, cybersecurity system and found out that someone was like hacking into their, their data, their, their records of like their scouting and, um, and their their minor league system, where there's all of this data on on various players, and they just thought it was some kind of like random group that was I don't know just doing it for fun, yeah. right? And it they asked the MLB to look into it, um, and it came out that apparently the St. Louis Cardinals had actually hacked into their system, saw all of their data. And now the FBI is investigating. <laughs> That's interesting. That's so crazy. Do do those two teams have a history together? They're not even in the same. I was going to ask. They're not even in the same yeah. league, right? Yeah, Houston's in the AL, and St. Louis is. Does in the Houston AL. do something really interesting with their data that makes it appealing to other teams? Or not that I'm aware of. They're yeah. they're like unexpectedly killing it yeah. this year. They're yeah. they're having an amazing year that was totally unexpected. Right. Um, so there's that. But the, I mean, the St. Louis Cardinals are a perennial contender. Um, yeah. What do, they, what do they mean by hacking, too? Is it like you go to the site and you, you, you click on a couple buttons and all of a sudden you find you're accidentally find yourself? No, I, think, I think it's see, more. I think it's like actively breaking into their yeah. system. Yeah. yeah, which I mean, if you've got companies, the company, I mean, companies do that. I mean, yeah. sports teams and this are business. Is, this was the first, uh, at least, known hack of like. MLB or yeah. of any sports team on another sports team. I, I read that somewhere. Yeah. I don't yeah. know how true that is. Actually, yeah. it might have been just a. Yeah, but I'd never that. heard of that before. <laughs> yeah, that, before that happening. And the well. FBI is, you know, constantly investigating these kind of these kinds of like white collar crimes for you know organizations. But now yeah. an, an MLB team doing it, yeah. like what? <laughs> well, you know, I was talking earlier about how teams are hiring, uh, you know, analytics professionals now. Now they're all going to be hiring cybersecurity professionals. Yep. Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Now's, now's the be. time. If you are a sports fan and a cybersecurity professional, maybe get a cool job soon. My mom is a, uh, she's in the tech industry. She's a, a, a sales uh, salesperson, um, sales manager. Uh, and for the last like decade, she has just been saying cybersecurity is where yeah. the money is, is at. Like yeah. we need to go in that direction. Especially since we're putting everything. Everything's online. Online. Yeah. Everything. In the cloud. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely. Definitely. Well, the three of us are not lined up for that profession. Well, no. Eric's got some experience. In, no, in, no, not that deep. Yeah, yeah. yeah, not that deep. Level. Yeah, but that, that's definitely over my head. That's yeah, it's interesting. I'm always wondering what's going on behind the scenes in like professional sports because there's so much money. I mean, 
we think of them as the games. Like we're playing games for like so entertainment, but that it's big business, billion dollar yeah. industry. And then yeah. like the people that gamble, then you know, yeah. apply. If you also include like how much money is spent gambling yeah. on these things, yep. Like in just the you know the Vegas stuff. Yeah. yeah. So that's it's something like, we've been doing recently at Bergmont is we uh, one of the things that we are trying to do is work on the model for fantasy predicting fantasy football points. Um, and there's there are all these laws coming out now. Um, banning fantasy football in certain states because it is seen as a form of gambling. So we put out a survey uh, to assess people's perceptions of fantasy football as gambling. Um, so we're just kind of trying to identify um, who the, who thinks it's gambling, who doesn't think it's gambling, things of that nature. How do you operationally define gambling? Like- um, so in it's actually in the DSM-4, uh, and I can't remember the specific... Yeah, okay. I mean, those, those those definitions tend to be pretty vague, too. They'll have, like, ten different criteria, and if you hit seven of them, then you are addicted to gambling. Yeah. You know. And I guess my, you know, my line of questioning was kind of around, you know, people do try to differentiate sort of games of strategy, maybe also chance, too, mm-hmm. versus... Games of chance. Just, just pure chance yeah. or whatever. That's like, how policy tries people, to operationalize it, right? Because, like, yeah. poker, like people say strategy. it's gambling, but, you know... Yeah, it's also... You can actually... Be good at it. And, you can definitely you, be good you can that. actually yeah, shape absolutely. the odds or whatever. You know, yeah. Well, here's here's an argument uh, not in favor of fantasy football being a game of strategy. In that I came in second in my league, and I <laughs> am terrible. Uh, I don't know anything about football really, and yeah. I won fifty dollars. Yeah. So boom. Don't, yeah. <laughs> don't get rid of fantasy football. That's, that's nice. Yeah, that's I, I think I paid twenty to be in it. It was with my family. Um, I made thirty bucks. So my fantasy, my lack of fantasy football knowledge. Without fantasy football, we would not have the show, The League. That's true, and the league is, the is a cultural uh, phenomenon. Even though you've never seen it, and you need to. Yeah, I've seen like episodes here and there. No, but you're you need right, to watch yeah, from yeah. the you, beginning. You play it really builds up over What's time. That? You play fantasy football, like yes, these, yeah, yeah. and you'll appreciate. Played it. Played in a couple of leagues over the past few years with, with friends. Yeah. Uh, we actually, my friends, we've got we've been playing for the last like maybe twelve years or something, um, and we actually have a, a trophy now. Yeah. Oh, you are engraved. part of the you league, part basically. You know, I, and I think that was probably the impetus for, <laughs> for getting the trophy. Yeah. Nice. Um, earlier, when you asked me what I was excited about, and I basically just talked about work, I forgot that I'm doing something cool tonight. Yeah, that's what I was, I was trying to I remember. Forgot. That. Yeah. I knew there was something. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, and let's, uh, this takes after, a little bit of explanation. This, let's get some maniacs. Okay. This will be the last <laughs> thing we do. We're at, yeah, we're just under an hour. So... My favorite video game growing up was Final Fantasy VII. It is awesome. And anytime I hear the music from it, it like brings me back to my childhood. And I, I invested like hundreds of hours in this video game, probably. And for the longest time, um, I've been on this mailing list of what's called the, the Distant World um, Tour or whatever. But basically, it's a symphony that travels around the world, uh, playing final music from all the Final Fantasy games. Not just seven, but like all of them, and there's a ton of them. And I've been on this mailing list forever because I wanted to know when they would be where I am. And I've been on it when I was living in Michigan. I was on the mailing list, and they never came to Detroit. When I was in Ohio, they never came to wherever was nearest there, probably Detroit again. Ever since I've been out here, they haven't come to Los Angeles. But finally, finally, they're coming to L.A., and I'm going to go see them tonight. 
So I am a huge nerd, but I am embracing it because I'm going to literally see a symphony of video game music tonight, and I'm super jazzed. And the timing is also pretty cool because two days ago, Sony announced they're making a remake of Final Fantasy VII for the... I think it'll be on all the major consoles, but starting on PlayStation 4, which is incredible and has been rumored forever um, among Final Fantasy VII nerds like myself. So that's, I mean, I will literally buy a PlayStation 4 just for that game. So when it comes out, I will be getting it for sure. So that's what I'm doing tonight, and it's going to be awesome. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Your stunned silence. <laughs> uh, um, you don't want to know where my mind was going. And You're I, right, I probably don't. Nah, it was a, I was like, they should make a show called Final Fantasy Island, where it has like a little person brings like fans like you just to an island. To and then what do hear, we do? To hear that band. Oh, to hear the, to hear the symphony, yeah. They're playing, boss. <laughs> have you seen Fantasy Island? No. Okay, never mind. I have not. Uh, Edit that out. No, I'm not going to. All right. I like leaving things in that make you sound dumb. Okay. <laughs> uh, I don't know. What's... Oh, we, I shouldn't get into it. We need to go get breakfast. Yo, wait, 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 what is it? No, no, no. I was going to ask, like, what's your most, uh, what's your, like, guilty, nerdy pleasure? Because definitely Final Fantasy and things like that is is mine. Maybe you don't have Harry one. Potter. Harry Potter. Oh, yeah. You were talking oh, like, smack about how good you are on Quiz Up. Oh, man. About Harry Potter. I, I must be in, like, I haven't played that in years, <laughs> but I, I think I must be still, like, level 50 or something. On nice. That. Yeah. I mean, I, like I said, I like computer stuff. Yeah. Computer um, stuff. I love... That in our ACB building, there's that well, the, the com- museum, PC yeah. compu- computer yeah. museum. I love just looking at that stuff. Yeah, me too. I'll just stare at them, <laughs> like <laughs> okay. the frill. Like I'm like, oh, this is um, because they have like just old yeah. um, computers, both you know some uh, apples and PCs of just different brands. And, and even stuff. now, even companies that no longer they no longer around, exist. Yeah. yeah, and I'll just you know sit there looking at it, and I wish it was like bigger. And I wish it was actually like a museum. Yeah. I, I really like that. I want now I'm really hoping someday I'll walk into ACB and you won't realize I'm there and you're, and you're just standing in front of one of the cases just staring at it. That wouldn't be, yeah. I mean, I will <laughs> stay there for like, stay, stay for like, like 20 like minutes. 40 minutes. You'll Eric see me there. I mean, I'll, there. I'll look at them. Uh, <laughs> all right. So, anyway. so we, we all have our, our, our nerdy, uh, guilty pleasures. So this has been The File Drawer. If you haven't given us a rating or a review and you like us, uh, you're basically dead to us at this point. <laughs> I think is what we is what we agreed on. Um, but if you want to be revived in our consciousness, leave us a rating or a review. Yeah, I think that's it. Thank you for joining us, Brendan. Yeah, thanks. thanks I'm really happy I won the raffle. This was, this was a pleasure. <laughs> yep, <laughs> we're happy you won too. All right, until next time. Peace. <laughs>